0: Okay, so we'll be in Titus chapter 2. So, uh, I'm just going to do like the first two verses and part of the first 3. So, uh, I'm glad that we have a real hope. That it's actually, it's real, it's true, it's been proved, and God's real. Yeah. Yeah. They can't deny the fact. They tried to so hard, but they can't. And so, Titus 2... Uh, One through uh, one through three, but but speak thou the things which become sound doctrine. That the aged men be sober, grave, temperate, sound in faith and charity and patience. The aged women likewise, that they be in behavior as becoming holiness, not false accusers, not given to too much wine, teachers of good things. So now I want to go into prayer. So God help me with this tonight, Lord, get me out of the way. Do whatever you have, Lord, tonight, and be with the message, Lord, that you prepared on my heart, Lord. Thank you, and thank you, God, for this opportunity you've given me, Lord. Uh, thank you, thank you for a church that's willing to support me, Lord, and thank you, uh, just thank you, that people here has been really warm and welcoming to it because you didn't have to provide that for me, Lord. Had, because I know a lot of preachers when they first started, Lord, they were very discouraged by their congregation, Lord. And just thank you for giving me that support from uh, the congregation I attend, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 So, Titus 2, so this is a letter to Titus from Paul. And so, Paul sent Titus to work on the churches in the island of Crete. So, the island of Crete, I, for- I think it's, I forget the location exactly, so I'm not going to say that. But the island, I think it's close, I think it's close to Greece, I'm not sure. It's either Greece or Italy, I forget which one. But, so, basically, Titus had a job in Crete, and it was to help, uh, so part of Crete was already reached with the gospel, so he had to finish reaching the rest of the, uh, sharing the rest of the gospel to the island of Crete. And then he also had to set up elders in the churches that were already started in Crete. And so Titus is basically a person uh, finishing, spreading the gospel, and setting off in Crete. So the people of Crete are described as, in verse 12, one of themselves, even a prophet of their own, said, the creation, the Cretians are always liars, evil beasts, slow bellies. This witness is true. Wherefore, rebuke them sharply, that they may be sound in faith. So in Titus, it's mentioned multiple times, the uh, phrase sound and faith. So I'll get, it, I'll get to it later because it's mentioned in Titus uh, 2, uh, chapter 2, verse 2. So I'll get to that later. But it's definitely, one. I would say, one of the theme words because it's used multiple times in Titus. And so the, people the, so the people of the island of Crete are not very described well. They're described as always lying. They're described as evil beasts and slow bellies, which means they were very lazy and self-centered people that only cared about themselves. And so they were... So Titus was told to basically rebuke them sharply, that they may start to grow in their faith. And uh, so now to... A little introduction, uh, introduction about who the Cretes were. And now on to uh, Titus chapter 2. Uh, so, but speak thou the things which become sound doctrine. So, right now, Paul, this part is for Paul. I mean, is Paul writing this for Titus? He's telling him to speak the things which become sound doctrine. And... The word "sound" is used a lot because you have sound faith, you got sound doctrine, just used in those first two chapters, and so sound is true, correct. That that's the best definition, and so Titus had to speak the things which become sound doctrine. So he had to teach the words of God. He was, he was, and he was also going to teach the things. To help Christians grow and lead them to Christ. And today we need we need the same kind of people. We need those leaders in the church and those pastors. We need them to speak the things which become sound doctrine. Amen. So we need pastors that are led by the Holy Spirit, that teach yeah. the truth, and also teach how to grow in your relationship with Christ. Amen. That's what we need from a preacher and pastor. Also in Titus, like earlier Titus, so Titus chapter 1, it talks about how uh, pastors, so like uh, Titus 1.6, it talks about basically how preachers are supposed to behave and how, basically, who's supposed to be set up in those leadership positions. And so Paul is directing Titus on how to do these things and how to basically set up and be be able to. Leader to the church. And so so he's telling them to teach a true, he's telling Titus that he needs to be teaching a true doctrine to all these people. That's right. And and then he goes on verse two to add that the aged men be sober, grave temperate, sound in faith, and charity and patience. And then he says, next, the aged women likewise. So likewise is basically the same thing. So he wants the aged men and the aged women, aged women to be sober, grave, temperate, sound in faith and charity and patience. And aged men and aged women. So so basically this is, should be a checklist because as we age in our relationship Christ. And as we grow in the Lord, we should be gaining these things and learning how to do these things as we age over time. Amen. And so this applies to everyone. This applies to early baby Christians and older Christians, because as we age, we need to start doing these things. Because if we have, because if we say, oh yeah, this is just for older Christians, right? Because it says aged men, how are you going to know when you're an older Christian? to behave like this if you don't apply it. So it's this is for everyone. Amen. And so sober. So now I'll go on to the first word. So that the aged men be sober. So sober means to restrain from why. And also, as they will add on later, it also means uh, temperate, which is a word for self-control. That, so self-control, temperate, that's a synonym for uh, temperate, which is self-control. So sober, so sober means abstain from wine. And then temperate means self-control from sinful things. So God does not want us indulging in sin and trying to serve him. That's right. He wants us to do one or the other. In Exodus 25, he tells the Israelites, who just came out of Egypt, "Thou shalt not bow down thyself to them, nor serve them, for I, the Lord thy God, am a jealous God." Yeah, God is jealous. He does not want to find us committing sin and trying to and trying to hide uh, hide it from him. He already knows that we're doing it anyway. That's just right. like in the Garden of uh, Eden. He knew exactly what Adam and Eve were doing. He knew when they were hidden, trying to hide from him. And then when they hid, he he came right to him and found him. And you can't hide sin from God. No sin is going to be hidden from God. So don't even think about that idea, because it's not going to work. And he he wants us to serve him and... And first, he demands for us to be sober. To keep our to keep ourselves from doing sinful things, trying to please our flesh over God. And and then also, he wants he wants us as our life as an example to glorify him, and that we can be a witness to other people. yeah, yeah, yeah. And I know in uh, Hebrews. Hebrews 12.1, it describes sin as a weight, which easily, doeth easily beset us. And so, if sin is being hidden in our life, if we're hiding sin, we just need to let go of that weight. And if we know about sin in our life that's God's been convicting us on, we need to let it go, give it to God, give God that weight, cast it down, give it to Him, and let Him work and take that sin out of your life. Just as uh, Pastor um, Mike said earlier, He said, he said this morning, that sometimes it goes instantly away, sometimes it takes a long time. And we got to trust God when these things happen. Sometimes he'll take it away instantly. Sometimes it will take a long time. And I've had this happen in my life too, where God will take away sin, it will take sometimes it will take some time, and sometimes it will just be instantly. Where he'll take something you're struggling with just instantly away. And the next word is "grave." Uh, grave is a word that means honest, honorable. And I was looking it up in the uh, Greek, the Greek concordance, and it uh, it's in, from the ad- adjective in the Greek meaning to worship. So God wants our honest and honorable worship. Yeah, He wants He wants worship from our heart. He doesn't want us. He wants us to come to church ready to worship him and have worship and worshiping him of our heart. He doesn't want us to come because we've been dragged to go or forced to go. He wants us to come willingly and be ready to make a joyful noise unto him. And also, to worship the Lord, we need to be serving him too. So he wants us to serve him. It's a part of worship. It takes people to worship And people in the church, it takes them stepping up and serving them to provide a worship service. It takes, it takes musicians being willing to serve. It takes pastors and preachers willing to preach and willing to serve God and honor Him and honor what He's called for them to do in their life. And also, we need to be just showing our life, we need to be showing our life to the world about how we want to how we please God and how we want to glorify him. And so worship isn't just in the church, but it's living a life to glorify God. He wants us to adore him and be a devout and loyal to him. And so one of my favorite examples in the Bible of adoring God is found in 2 Samuel 6:14 6, through 16. And so this is a story about David. And it says, so this is when the Ark of the Covenant got brought in, and David danced before the Lord with all his might, and David was girded with a linen ephod. So David and all the house of Israel brought up the Ark of the Lord with shouting and with the sound of the trumpet. And as the Ark of the Lord came into the city of David, Michal, Saul's daughter, looked through a window, and saw King David leaping and dancing before. Before the Lord, and she despised him in her heart. So Michael is one of David's earliest wives. Uh, Saul gave, Saul gave a to David to wife earlier. Then Saul takes it away, and then David gets it back later on. Uh, I, know, I know the scriptures for this is found in 1st and 2nd Samuel, so where you can find it. So if you want to look it up later, that's where it's going to be at. And so, David, he danced before the Lord with all his might. He gave God his best worship. He gave God true yes. worship Amen. from his heart. And God wants us to do the same thing. He wants us to go all in with all our might to praise God. And look, and then also, David was excited to praise the Lord. David was so excited that he... Dance before the Lord, and then so David and all the house of the Israel brought up the ark of the Lord, was shouting with the sound of the trumpet. And so they were all aside, they were making a joyful noise. They were just very excited people. And God wants us to be the same in His house, He wants yeah. us to be happy, yeah. Yeah. He wants yeah. us to be joyful, and Amen. He wants us to be excited. Amen. And I was thinking about this the same, so one of the most, I would say, one of the popular church saying, so we walk into church not feeling well, right? And then we walk out of church always feeling better. G- God wants us to come in feeling joyful and great to be in the house of the Lord, because it's a privilege to be here. Amen. God didn't have church. to give it to us. Yeah. And it's a blessing that we have the privilege to gather three three times a week. That is honestly a blessing. And, and so we should walk out of church feeling good, and then we should walk into church feeling good, so we can walk out of church feeling even better. Yeah, we can feel even more blessed. And so, don't worry about those like-minded people-minded like Mikkel. Don't let those people that despise you for praising the Lord with all with your all of your heart and all of your might. Don't let those people distract you from praising the Lord. Amen. See, if you feel that shouting's the best thing to do, then do it. Don't don't let somebody discourage you from it. Because the Bible the Bible talks many times that lift lift your hands and shout and yeah, and praise the Lord, yeah. just like that. Yeah. And right. If you if you don't if you don't feel like God has you to do that, you don't have to do that. That's just how God makes you feel about that. And so, next word is temperate. So, temperate means self-control, as I mentioned earlier. And have so, it's having the mind's desires and passions under control. As we walk in the Lord, we fight a battle with our mind yep. and with our flesh and the Holy Spirit. There is a... There is a spiritual warfare going on right there. And as we grow in faith, with the help of the Holy Spirit and help of God, all of God, all of the help of the Holy Spirit, we need, to grow, as we grow in faith and as we grow in our relationship with God and as we grow in our walk, we need to have start to have control over our worldly desires. Yeah. We need to start having control over the flesh. We need to start having control over our mind. And it will and the Holy Spirit and God will help all the way Amen. because we have to start to die off to our flesh and start cleaning on the gospel yes. and, right. and start yeah. to take it yeah. and start to basically just take away <laughs> the old the sinful things yeah. of our old life because when we get saved we become a new creature yeah. so God is all the way helping us. As he gave us the Holy Spirit to help us and comfort us and be there for us. He didn't just leave us alone, amen? Amen. He was there right with us. He gave us the Holy Spirit because he didn't want us to go alone after we get saved. God gave it to us to comfort us and be with us. And we have to let go. We have to let go of our fleshly desires. And let God and his Spirit start working and slowly over time because i believe this is a long, this is a long term thing for learning self control. You may be able to learn self control over small things, but self control in general is such a big category because there's Amen. so much to self control. And there might be small things that God gives instant victory over for self for certain things, certain sins. And then some will take a long time with the work of the Holy Spirit to take it away. Amen. And next, sound, uh, sound and faith. So we need to have. Oh no, I might have wrote the wrong notes. <laughs> uh, so we need to have a sound in faith. So our faith needs to be in the in the truth. And that truth is Jesus Christ. He is the author and finisher finisher of our faith, found in Hebrews twelve two. He endured the cross and despised the shame of the cross, so that we, so we have the choice to ask for forgiveness of sins, because we have all sinned and come short of the glory of God. We need to have that. We need to know what we believe. We yeah. need to be sound yes, in faith. We need to know what we believe, so we can be a witness yeah. to people. And so, when the devil starts trying yeah. to tell us, yes. "Oh, yeah, it's not For really right. worth it. Yeah. Go, this ain't reality. Come on, go find a real reality." That's—he's lying right there. Yeah. There is a real reality, and the real truth is Jesus Christ. Yeah, Because yeah. 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 I have many problems with people telling me, "Oh, yeah, go find a real reality. Jesus isn't really true at all." I'm—I'm I'm just like. I just kind of have to stare at them not say anything because they're just, you know, they're just trying to start more problems and, get, and cause more trouble. But Jesus is a reality yeah, and Jesus is. is true and it's yeah, worth studying his word. That's right. Even if, even if you get overly criticized all the time when you're studying the word, it's still worth it. Because you need to learn the truth and what the Bible stands for. You need to start, you need to have a sound, you need to be sound in faith. Because you don't want to, you don't want somebody to come up to you and ask you about Jesus and not know anything. You just know a little bit and you call yourself a Christian. You need to be sound in faith. There is going to be difficult, really difficult questions that you won't be able to answer straight off the bat just because... Of how long they've been thinking. How difficult it is. But if they're asking you, how do you get saved? And you don't know how to answer that. We need to know how to answer these things. So when people come up and ask us those That's questions, right. we can Amen. show them that. That's Amen. And, and Jesus Christ has always been and he always will. He's always He's the Alpha and the Omega. He's the beginning and the end. Yes. He's the author and the finisher. Yes. He's the creator of this world. And he's also going to have final judgment. He went to the cross and died for our sins. Amen. He was born of a virgin. And he was fully God and fully man. Yes, We need to know these saints. And we need to know that Christ came to die for sinners. That yeah. whosoever Amen. confesseth and believe on him shall be saved. And he was God made flesh. Amen. Amen. I like that yeah. part. Yeah. That God cared so much about us that he sent someone to die for us. And also that he gave us the Holy Spirit to learn these things. The Holy Sorry. Spirit is right there teaching us the Bible, He's teaching yeah. us these things, yeah. and Amen. guiding us, and yeah. giving what we need to be a witness to. Because if we just ask the Holy Spirit, help us to be a witness, because we we're don't, we stuck, we don't know what to do. The Holy Spirit will be there yeah, will. and Amen. guide Amen. us all the way. And next, in charity, charity means affection. We need to be affectionate to others. So yeah, when I first read this, I went straight to thinking about basically how Christ loved us first, right? Yeah. He showed us how to love. 1 John 4.19 tells us that. We love him because he first loved us. That's how yeah, our love of Christ forever. starts. Yeah. Because he loved us first. So we slow, yeah. we learn how to love him over time. Amen. And then he teaches us how to be loving to others. And 1 John 4.11 11. It tells us, beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. Yeah. Amen. Just like Christ able to forgive all the people that had him crucified at the cross. He told, He told the Father, forgive him, forgive him, for they know not what they do. That's right. We need we need to show that same Christ like love. And we need and we need to learn from Christ. How to love like that. Because that is a very tough love thing to learn how to do. Because we don't, since we are flesh, we don't know how to naturally love. We don't have that true, actual affection for all those people. Even the ones that do us wrong. It may be easier for us to like the people that are always nice to us, right? But, God wants us to love those people that despise us. And look for our destruction. Amen. It may be very difficult to forgive them at times for what they do, but with Christ and with the Holy Spirit, we can learn how to do those yes, things, yes. and we need to show that same love that Christ showed us to them, so we can be witnesses to that. And so, so, the last one here, found in verse 2, is in patience. And I think patience is one of the toughest ones in this fast-paced society, because Patience is about being slow the anger, slow the wrath, holding those things back. And I think it's very difficult because our society, this fast paced society, runs so fast, impatient grows so quickly. We can get angered so quickly yeah. just because of how fast somebody yeah. doesn't respond. Yeah. Yeah. Anger is very natural and it just comes just like that. And especially with the lack of patience that we've started to have in this society because of. So, funny fact, I was listening to a podcast yesterday, and I heard the statement that uh, people nowadays have a shorter attention span than a goldfish. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And we like to make the joke about how goldfish don't have any attention span. Humans can only keep their attention span nowadays for six seconds, while goldfish can do it for one more second. (laughs) (laughs) That's... And that, since we have short attention spans, we lose our patience pretty quickly. Yeah, we do. We sure we I do anyway. Yeah, we, I think we all do. <laughs> Even I do. And it's something God will have to help me and help me learn how to grow in and being patient. Because I am very, I'm very, because I'm in this fast-paced society, right? So we are taught the opposite of patience. Since I was thinking about this. So 50, if we go back like 50 years ago, there was no phones. There was no smartphones or anything like that. So the best, there was no email either. So there was no instant communication. So what you'd have to do is send a letter to somebody to communicate with them. And since you had to send a letter, that would take days to get to someone's house. Then it'd have to go back. And that's how people would communicate back then. But now we have email, we have social medias, we have phone numbers now. And also they would also call people on phones too. I mean, that, that kind of is a fast pace, slowly starting fast pace, but it's more in conversation, so it's different. So I would just say go back 100 years ago, so back when they didn't have telephones and stuff like that. So where they actually could only use letters to communicate, or they would have to talk to the person face-to-face back in 100 years ago. But now... We have social media, we have all this technology and all this kind of stuff that makes it, so you can send somebody a text in the yeah. instant, and then right. whenever they choose to respond is when they choose to respond. They could leave you on <laughs> for a long time or just, you know, ignore it for a while. And then they respond when they're ready. Uh, and then sometimes they respond super quickly. So you're talking in just a few seconds yeah. and communicating. That's how fast-paced our society's got from the last a hundred even 50 years because we didn't have that much communication back then. And so having patience in our mind is very important because the loss the loss of patience causes us often to lose our self control. And so once we lose our self control because we've lost our patience we are very quick to grow angry. And then usually anger will cause Need to either do something irrational and very stupid. And so, and also resulting in anger will cause a reaction that we don't want to happen. So we have to learn to keep our patience. And I think that's a very difficult one. I think that's why it's more towards the end. I mean, all of these are have all these difficulties, but I think especially in our society, I think patience is probably the most difficult one. Just because of how how much our society basically doesn't really teach patience so and And so when I do something irrational, I lose my self-control. And then these things will take prayer to learn over time. And it'll take prayer, the Holy Spirit, and it'll take a lot for, Christ, for God to help basically increase my patience and other people's patience as we start to grow in our relationship with Christ. Because Christ wanted us to be patient. That's that's the reason why it's mentioned here. Because yeah. this word is in it's given inspiration of God. So God breathed on it. So God wanted us to learn how to grow in patience. And now on the verse three. So next, women in a like manner need to do all these things. And basically, as I was looking at these things, that they be in behavior as becometh holiness. Or so they start to grow and become holy. Holy people. And these things all help holiness. And then they also say, not and the Bible also says, not false accusers, not given them much wine, and then teachers of good things. So I wanted I want to just focus on the last one right here. So teachers of good things. So God wants us to be t- teach people and basically have the older women teach the younger women in the church yeah. how the uh, how the growing Christ and all these things. And then he also asks, Christ also wants the same from the men. He wants the older men to teach the younger men. Amen, that's true. Because the thing about this, the older men and the older women have lived a long life, so they all have their testimony, and they know what did they do was wrong in their life, what did they do was wasted, and what did they do was right in their life. And then they can share that to everyone else. Amen. And that's, And then that's a learning experience for the younger person. So then they learn what not to do and what to do. Because my dad's always shared his testimony and told me things that I should never do in my life because of the mistakes that he made in his life. That's exactly how it's supposed to be done. And my dad did a very good job teaching me that right there. And that's exactly how God, God wants parents to do that. He wants People, elders in the church to teach those younger people at that. And everyone in this church will be probably at different stages. Some may be at the younger stage, like me, where there there is the age, where it's going to be the age people telling you things. Some may be the age people of this church who are going to be teaching the younger people of the church. Right. And so we're all at different stages for that. And as I was going to use Proverbs 27, 17 says, iron sharpened with iron. So a man sharpened the, counten- the countenance of his friend. Yeah. And we need to be sharpened with godly men, and women need to be sharp- sharpened with godly women. And now, in conclusion, so, as we need to have and grow in these things, we need to start to obtain these saints and have these saints in our life, and we need to start to display them more. And first, as I mentioned, being sober, not indulging in sin. And we also need to be sound. We need to, uh, people, when we teach Christ and when we share Christ, we need to be teaching sound doctrine. And we need to teach, and then also preachers and pastors need to teach the things which become sound doctrine to the congregation. And sober, not indulging in sin. Not dipping your foot in sin, just staying away from it and abstaining from it. He wants honorable worship, he wants self control, and then he wants us, he wants the faith from us, and he wants us to be sound in it. And then he wants us to have charity to one another to help our light shine. And he wants us to have patience with these saints to brighten our light and an example. And so, when I got to this part, this is when I started to realize that all these saints, which become sound doctrine, are light brighteners. These saints help us brighten our life and grow our, and basically be a better witness. Yes. And, and that's when I decided, I know what the title for this must be. Because Usually I don't title my sermons, so it's pretty rare when I actually do title one. And I titled it Brightening Our Light, because this is a test to see how bright is our light shining, and what do we need to do to improve it and bright and make our light brighter. Amen. And our light can't shine if we're playing a two-master game. That's right. Our light can't shine if our worship with God isn't serious. If our worship in the church and then outside of the church, if we don't show a seriousness for Christ. Yes. And we don't have a joyful. We don't have a joyfulness. No one's going to see a difference if we hide those things. And I think I could do a better job with that. I need mean, at times I just like to go through school. I just like to walk through and get out as fast as I can. I think I think everyone is that way, but and sometimes I think when you're in that I want to get out of school as quickly as possible, you're hiding the joyfulness that you have inside. And we need to have that joyfulness outside. We need to have that seriousness. Because we have a real hope. We have a real truth. We have something that's definite and proved. And and guess what? People will notice when a trial happens and everything seems to be going so bad and they see all these things happening but they see it's not depressing them they still have a joy that that is a wit that is right there a perfect witness opportunity and so then uh being temperate so having that self-control so if we don't have that self-control then how is our light gonna shine yeah that's right because (laughs) they're gonna see oh yeah we don't really have to change our lives to be a Christian. We can just live how we want to, and that's not what God wants us to do. Because He said He told Titus, "Speak, th- speak thou the things which become sound doctrine, that the aged men be grave, be sober, grave-tempered, sound in faith and charity and patience." So people need to be these things. And so we need to be temperate. We need to have that self-control. So we can't so if we don't have self-control, our light isn't going to shine. Right? And and then we need to be sound in faith. We need to know what we believe and we need to have faith in it and put our life to it. And say we believe on these things and we stand on these things. Yeah. And that's the truth. And then we need to know these things. So when it does get attacked that we can just keep proving how it's true. And then we also need to share it. We need to share those things. We need to be sound in faith so we're able to share it. And then sharing it will let the light of Jesus shine. Amen. And then love, as I already mentioned earlier, no matter because people, when they have treated you so bad, and you always forgive them, they'll see. They'll see a light shining right there. And then impatience, being slow to anger. Because since most people lose their patience pretty quickly with people in this society. So when they see someone that's super patient, when they don't understand something or don't get something, and someone's not getting angry with them, they'll notice a difference just because of that. They'll see, this person's a lot nicer than what most people would be. And they might ask, why are you, why are you different like that? Why, why is it like that? Why are you so much more patient than the other person that I ran into last week doing the same job you do? And then, and then that's a perfect opportunity to show our light to somebody else. And then we need to teach by our testimonies and strengthen younger Christians. Amen. And that, that helps our light. That's going to help brighten other people's lights. That's going to help show them what not to do and what to do, and then it's their choice after we tell them to apply it or not to take, basically do those things or not. Because They do have that choice right there because they do have the free will to choose to apply those things and not do it, or to do those things. And that's my last. Uh, that's my last point right there. So I'm going to let the pastor take back over. Amen. Good job. Amen. Amen. Do you think about this morning? This morning, I. I preached on work out your own salvation with fear and trembling, and then tonight Bob just took over with the, these are perfect examples of how we need to work out our faith, Uh, and you think about it, the the list as he gave us, it's a tough list, you know, some of them are easier than others, but Aren't you glad we've got God working on the inside, yeah. helping us out? Yeah. Uh, and, and I'm glad I'm with a bunch of folks that are uh, willing to continue to grow in the relationship with Jesus Christ. And that's that's a blessing. So thank you, Bob, for bringing that very good message tonight. We're going to open up the altar tonight if you need to pray uh, about anything. Uh, we always want to give you a, a chance to pray. So if you need to pray, you can pray at your seat. Or, uh,